Hey, 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 welcome to the Halos in the Infield flagship podcast with your hosts, Todd Fox, Fernando Mendez, and Courtney from Riverside. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of the flagship podcast, but it's me. It's me. It's Todd Fox. It is the solo version because my boy Fernando's at a concert with his lady and Courtney's having some technical issues. So the flagship is going to be hosted just by me as we're going to talk some Angels baseball as we've been a little hit and miss here. We didn't finish the part two of the roundtable. Hopefully we'll get that out there soon about the first half. We'll have plenty of time to reflect. But this episode is going to be all about the Angels and what they did against the Yankees and what they're going to potentially do against the Pirates and the Detroit Tigers. <clears throat> Before we get into that, I uh, just want to say 714 tickets. If you haven't hit up 714 tickets, 10% off of any ticket purchase, concert, any favorite musician you have, sporting event, it doesn't matter. And you could use the promo code from us, Halos in the Infield, H-I-T-I, as much as you want. Doesn't even matter what state you're in or what you're going to go to. As long as 714 Tickets deals with it, you can get it done. Now, with that being said, let's get into some baseball. The Angels against the Yankees, after coming off a disappointing series against the Astros out the gate, where they only won one game and they, they should have won two out of three in that series, some say even sweep the Astros, the Angels currently find themselves in a predicament because the Angels are in a situation now where they're playing a lot of teams, uh, you know, they were playing a lot of teams with good records, but now, you know, you're going to start to get a couple series here where the teams have been very mediocre and there's a chance to catch a few games here. Now, in the wild card standings currently, as we speak on a Thursday, uh, you're probably seeing this one in the morning. By the way, that's a beautiful logo behind me. Halos in the infield. Much more news uh, talking about that uh, coming up here in a second. But the wild card is like this: the Baltimore Orioles are 59 and 37. Division leaders, Texas is 58 and 39. I still feel that they're going to fall back, but they've been hot six in a row right there. Minnesota has lost um, one. They're 50 and 48. The wild card is as is right now, as Baltimore has now taken uh, uh, took control of that division because Tampa Bay has lost five in a row. They're now 60 and 40. They have the top spot, four and a half games up on Boston. Houston is in the second spot, uh, actually four and a half behind them, I'm sorry. Uh, Toronto's four and a half behind them as well. So they're tied at 54 and 43, identical records. Then you have the problem. Boston is 51 and 46, three games back. The Yankees are 50 and 47, which we just swept four games back. And the LA Angels of Anaheim of Western Hemisphere of Tokyo, Japan of China, is 49 and 48 and they're five games out and then you got uh, seattle five and a half behind and ohio six and a half we're not counting anybody after that so it's a log jam you have potentially and if you don't count ohio you got four you got seven teams buying for three spots that's a problem that's the problem i didn't want the angels to be in at all this season and i wanted them to focus on the division now we weren't expecting the texas rangers to do what they were doing and I thought they would fade out, and I still think they're going to fade out, and I still think the cream will rise to the top. Now, if that does happen, the Houston Astros will help, uh, you know, will help us by beating the Texas Rangers. But because if they continue to win, and let's just say the Angels roll off about six in a row, or uh, let's look at their schedule right now. The Angels' upcoming schedule is as follows. They got the Pittsburgh Pirates for three at home here at the Big A. They have an off date, and then they go to Detroit for three. Big series 
uh, on the road as well in Toronto and in Atlanta. So six more right there, and then you got Seattle afterwards for four. So before they even get to that Giants homestand and the, the Mariners homestand right there, they have a big upcoming road trip here going into Detroit, Toronto, and Atlanta. Atlanta is one of the best teams, if not the best team in all of baseball. Detroit Tigers are having a real hard time scoring runs, and their pitching is not that great. They're about 10 games under 500, very, very mediocre baseball team. The Pittsburgh Pirates were once one of the best teams in the first couple months of the season. But if you look at them right now in the National League, they're currently on the bottom. They're 12 games under, 42 and 54, 11 and a half games out. Detroit Tigers, like I said, are at a record of, I just missed them, 44 and 52, five games out of first place because that division sucks. But you see what I'm saying, you're getting at right now. The Pirates are minus 72 uh, in run differential, which means the opponent has scored 72 more runs than they've scored. Detroit's minus 77. So the same type of team coming in. Then you got, like I said, Toronto, who is in third place, and they have a plus 38 run differential. And then you got Atlanta, who has a plus 145. And they're 62 and 33, 29 games over 500. So with that being said, what I'm getting to before I recap the Yankees series and get into the Pirates, we're not going to have that kind of discussion and breakdown like we would normally because of the fact that I don't have my two other people here from the flagship, but we tried and I'm going to try to hold the fort down. So with the Angels looking like a mess after the Houston series, especially before the the uh, the um, All-Star break, you had the Dodgers debacle. You had the Padres debacle. You, you know, you come out and you, you want to change things up. They start to bunt. They start to do some kind of hitting against Houston, but the pitching starts to fail, and they're not stopping anybody. Well, the best medicine was the New York Yankees. Yankees as a team are hitting 230. Out of 71 possible outs in a three-game series against Angel pitching, the New York Yankees struck out 42 times. That's nearly 75%. So that's a huge, you know, that's something that the Angels did last year. But because of injuries and because of poor play, poor coaching by the Yankees this year, they're in the same situation that the Angels were last year. And they have a mediocre lineup, and it showed. And the Angels had to come back 4-3 to three, thanks to a Otani home run and them getting a walk-off hit by Michael Stefanik with Gwen Stefani in the freaking house, and the Angels won 4-3, to three, and it was kind of hyped up, and that was their first walk-off that didn't come via air or a uh, wild pitch because they had two walk-off wild pitches, and they had that air where um, the, against Houston where they hit the ground ball, or uh, I forget who it was against, um, where they got the walk-off on the, on the double play that wasn't um, taken care of right. So anyway... They won that game 4-3 to three on Friday, and that was like the only competitive game if you think about it <clears throat> because in Saturday, it was just another strikeout special. It was Sandoval just dealing, and he dealt to a 5-1 to one victory. The Angels only allowed one run on two hits. He did a great job, and again, the Angels lineup is getting healthy. Neto, I mean, again, you don't have the you know Mike Trout who, was, who unfortunately was playing really good Right before he got hurt, it seemed like he was finding his swing finally, but now you're going to having to put Taylor Ward in the fourth spot. Uh, Mickey Moniak's been hitting the crap out of the ball. He had three hits that night. Uh, his average right now currently is at 332. Shohei Otani again with an RBI in that game, and Zach Neto doing his thing. The problem we saw in that game is you had two guys thrown out 
at home plate in game one being Zach Neto <clears throat> and you had a, I think it was a Renfro was thrown at home too, or, or no, it was, um, it was cabbage. So you've had bad coaching and the angels won this series against the Yankees team. That's reeling because of the bad, you know, despite the bad coaching. So you've had, you've had the angels doing their thing, winning because of, you know, good pitching against the Yankees. The Yankees were terrible and they helped themselves they helped the angels out obviously but the angels offense is still missing some key cogs man we're missing drury and uh you know obviously whatever you feel about adele adele's got to come back trout's got to come back uh ohapi could be coming back here soon because you got a guy like velasquez who's an easy out renifo hasn't been all that good although he homered twice in this homestand he hadn't done much prior and then matt wallach or uh is is something like oh for 36 so like yeah he's been terrible but the angels you know they're winning despite that and my thing is they're going to be facing another two teams that are anemic offensively and they have to take advantage of that and so <clears throat> the angels won that game on on a saturday five to one and then they came back and uh won uh, or not saturday i'm sorry on uh tuesday and then yesterday on um, wednesday they tried to give it up philosophy tried to take out Still Seth too early when he just needed one out to complete the six innings. And then uh, Soriano nearly, you know, he left the game with, you know, the tying runners on base with the bases loaded. He got out of the jam. Uh, the Yankees would scratch across the run to make it six to three. But then the Angels would add on another run to put the game away seven to three. So they walked away with a with a series sweep. First time in 14 years, the Angels have been able to say that they've been able to sweep the Yankees. So those three games kept them afloat because Texas and other teams were winning. So you really couldn't, you know, you really couldn't sit back and say, okay, you know, that we, we, we dominated, we took care of business. I mean, in a way you can, but then it's like, no, you can't because you had the, uh, you had the misfortune of other teams winning, you know, you took care of what you had to do, but on the same token, you know, other teams didn't comply and help you out uh, except for one night, really. So you're still nine back in the division and you're still sitting there four or five games out of the wild card. It really brings an interesting dynamic to what the Angels are going to do on the July 30th deadline. Because they'll be in Toronto. Will Shohei still be here? And I'm still guessing he will be. Um, I thought differently earlier in the season, but a lot of comments coming out lately that Artie's going to make a run on him at the offseason. It would be foolish for them to trade him. You know, he's wanting to milk that cow as much as he possibly can. And I don't doubt that he's not going to do that. My thing is this, though. To what detriment does it do to the team? We all knew that to supposedly keep Otani and get him into the postseason, we needed Shohei Otani <clears throat> to have the best people around him, the best players that – Perry could get to surround him the best pitching we got what we thought was good and we had some depth but injuries and other things have taken us out of that dynamic but then you look at it too you kind of you, you should have went with an experienced coach a manager a staff because the way that Hasselman's been at third base just moronic plays all year in judging when to tell runners to go or not and then Nevin's head scratchers on a nightly basis. 
not just once a week like Sosha or, or any other manager that we've experienced or Bobby Cox that you've seen on television, other great managers, Bruce Bochy, you can call him out for you know once a week, twice a week type of things. Like, why'd they do this? Why'd they take that guy out? Why'd they put this guy in? Why didn't they not go to the bullpen? Those are that's natural. No manager is susceptible to that. It just happens on a yearly on a, on a, on a basis. But when it comes to Nevin, it's a nightly basis, and that's a quality of a bad manager. And the rest of the staff isn't that good. Again, I'd fire the entire staff yesterday if I can keep Benji Gill. Benji Gill's the only one I'm interested in. And if we're not going to hire within and let him bring his own staff in here, well, then we need to hire some experienced people to, to run this ship. And it should have been done this year in the most important year of Shohei's tenure here in Anaheim, trying to keep him, trying to show him that we're trying to win. You can you can like Nevin all you want if you're the angel ball player, but you gotta face reality. Is he gonna be the guy to take you to the next level? No, he's not. He makes bonehead moves. He coddles the bullpen too much. It just doesn't make sense. So with that being said, and covering those three games against the Yankees, I think they won despite the coaching. And <clears throat> they should have blown out the Yankees in all three games. But again, philosophy holds them back. So that worries me when they play the Pittsburgh Pirates now for three. And if we look at the pitching probables for that series, let's get into it, shall we? The Angels will be throwing Shohei Otani, which is going to be a mismatch because the Pirates are going to be throwing out Oviedo. Uh, Johan Oviedo has got a record this year of, in 19 games started, he's only 3-10. and 10. 107 innings pitched. He's allowed 103 hits, 58 runs, 54 earned, 11 home runs, 43 walks. That's that's uh, that's too much. And he's got he's sporting an ERA of nearly five. So right there, you would think the Angels have the advantage. And the Pirates lineup has been very inconsistent to say the least. Again, we they've they've been minus in the category of run differential. So I would give the advantage to the Angels in that one. Reed Detmers goes the next night. Yes, he's two and six, but you can't look at that record outside of that Dodgers start. His last six starts have been pretty good. Uh, he goes up against um, uh, Osvaldo Beto. Osvaldo Beto struggling in his last start against the um, Dodgers. He has a uh, he started six games so far this year. He's one and one. He's allowed twenty nine hits and twenty seven uh, uh, innings pitched. He's uh, got a five ERA flat. He's allowed 12 walks and 27 innings pitched. So, again, he's allowing more than a hit in inning. Uh, and not too much of a sample size, but still 15 runs allowed in 27 innings pitched. I would think his ERA is a lot higher. So that's a definite – I give the advantage in that game to the Angels as well. The next game is going to be the game that kind of scares me, and this is one that we definitely need to win. And it's Tyler Anderson, who, again, has been very, very up and down this year, mostly down in the first half of the season. However, uh, he started uh, 16 games so far this year. He's 4-2, 87 innings pitched. So, again, for that many starts and only having 87 innings, that means he hasn't been pitching deep into games as much. He's allowed 50 runs and 90 uh, or 96 hits and nine and 87 innings pitched. He's sporting an ERA of 5.17. He's allowed 10 home runs and walk 39. He's either feast or famine. He's been very good. Well, kind of good in his last couple starts. Let's go over those starts. Uh, let's see against Colorado. He took the loss. That was probably his last good start i should say so i'm wrong his last four starts that's been his best start against arizona he went five innings allowed five hits no runs 
but he did throw a lot of pitches. And then against the Dodgers, he only went four and a third, allowed uh, three runs on four hits, five strikeouts, threw a lot of pitches in that game too. And then against Houston, he only went three innings, one run, five uh, hits, but again, two walks, five strikeouts, and he was like three balls, two strikes to everybody. So he has been missing the zone a lot, and he's got Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller's 9-5, and five, and Mitch Keller's coming off of a, a loss where they lost 10-1, to one, um, but he has pitched good this season, though. This season he is 9-5. and five. I think he made the All-Star game for them. Uh, 123 innings pitched, 108 uh, runs or hits allowed, I'm sorry. He's got an ERA of 3.73, 36 walks, kind of high, but he does get quite a few strikeouts. He's got 130 already. He finished last year with 138. So he's going to uh, uh, surpass what his uh, career high in only his fourth season. So Mitch Keller is a really good pitcher. That's going to be a tough matchup for the Halos. So I'm predicting two of three. I, I want to sweep. I think Anderson, if you know, if they can keep it close, the bullpen can hold out. The Angels will win the series. I like them sweeping the Pirates, but I'm going to call Rally Chris special two out of three. Then you got the Detroit Tigers. Then you got the Detroit Tigers. And the Detroit Tigers will throw our favorite guy and a guy that a lot of Angel fans and Halo Hawks want to keep, and that is Michael Lorenzen. Michael Lorenzen was a lone all-star for the Detroit Tigers in this season. You wouldn't think these were all-star numbers, but that just goes to show you what the rest of their staff is. Their staff uh, this year, he started 17 games. He was only 5-6 and six with 100 innings pitched, uh, 85 hits allowed, 39 runs, 26 walks, ERA of 3.49. So 5-6 and six gets you to the All-Star game. His last four starts, he got a loss uh, in June 30th to the Rockies. Uh, he got a win in five innings against Oakland. He got a win seven two-thirds against Seattle. Quality start there and another quality start against Kansas City where they uh, he pitched seven innings and allowed no runs. His last two starts, he's actually last three starts, he's not allowed an earned run. So he's been kind of hot, and that's going to be game one. Michael Lorenzen will be facing off against Griffin Canning. Griffin Canning came off his best start of, of his career, throwing all them strikeouts, but he got a no decision in that game uh, against the Yankees. Uh, but he pitched a hell of a game where he uh, gave up um, three walks, tw uh, had 12 strikeouts, only two runs on six hits and six and two-thirds. He threw a career high, also 120-some-odd pitches. So that will be uh, Lorenzen Canning in game one. Then Patrick Sandoval versus Olsen, Reese Olsen. Olsen is 23 years old. He's a rookie. He's 1-3 in, in 38 innings pitched. He's got an ERA of 3.96. Uh, he's only made a few starts this season. Um, let's see. Uh, he got his first start on June 29th. Two innings against Texas and then five innings against Oakland. He got a hold. So he's been in and out of the bullpen and is starting rotation. So he's going to be thrown in there as a spot starter. He's also a right-hander, and they'll go opposed uh, against Patrick Sandoval, who's looking to improve on his record and try to get to 500. His last start was pretty good. So I don't have beyond that uh, for the series, but just the next five starters. And that's your series uh, right there. I'm hoping that if in these next six games, the Angels have to go five and one. They have to go five and one to take a couple games off that wild card and hopefully a couple games off the division. Because if you look at the Houston Astros, the Houston Astros will be playing. Uh, let's see. I'm pulling up their schedule right here. 
Um, let's see. Hold on. Uh, shoot. Here we go. Okay, so <clears throat> the Houston Astros will be pulling up against the Oakland Athletics uh, as they won today. Um, they have the Athletics for three more games over the weekend. Then they come home and play the Texas Rangers for three. And that's a series we actually need Houston to win. Some may say, what are you talking about, Todd? We need Texas to beat Houston. Uh, I would really look. A sweep either way is good. I'm just going to say it because that helps us out. You know, we can get closer to Houston. Well, let's just say Houston beats the crap out of the Rangers and we sweep the Pirates. All of a sudden, we're six games back in the division. They're one game back. If they're going back and forth, beating each other and everything, that just helps us out. And they have an off day and they play at Tampa Bay. Hopefully, Tampa Bay gets hot and starts beating them before they play Ohio shitfucks after that. So, with that being said, Let's check out the Texas Rangers schedule real quick. I want to see what they're doing um, as far as their schedule because I know they've been hot lately, and I just I feel that they're going to be on their way down. I, I just feel it. Now, I know they have Bochi and company, but to me, I don't think they're pitching unless they could really, really get there, get someone in the trade deadline. I, I just don't see it, man. I just don't see them being able to hold on. You need experience when it comes to the postseason. Um Okay, so uh, Texas will be playing the Dodgers, and I hate the Dodgers, and I want Texas to beat the Dodgers, but in my heart of hearts, I need the Dodgers to sweep the Rangers before they play the, the Astros. And then after the Astros, it's three with the Padres, and I'm hoping the Padres can man up because we'll know a lot more by the time they play the Padres if the Padres are going to be dealers or, uh, or sellers or buyers. And that's where we want to know what the Angels is going to be too. We keep getting asked on a nightly basis, what are the Angels going to do? Are they going to be buyers or going to be sellers? What do you think? And right now I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that they've got the mindset of being buyers, but slight buyers. They're not going to be big. They're not going to go all in. They're going to try to fill a hole here and a hole there, and it's going to disappoint Angel fans. And it's going to disappoint ESPN because ESPN wants Otani traded so bad. All these sports networks want Otani out of Anaheim. And they're going to try to get their wish, but I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm thinking right now <clears throat> the only way the Angels become bigger buyers is if the scenario takes place what I'm talking about. If the Angels are able to win five out of six, or let's just say they sweep both the Pirates and the, the Tigers and are on a nine-game winning streak, and before the deadline they're able to either split or take two more with Toronto, a lot of ifs here. But let's just say philosophy takes a timeout and lets these guys play. And they start hitting to their capabilities. And on that July 30th, the 31st deadline, they can be potential buyers and maybe have made up about three or four games in the standings. They might just try to get themselves a big fish, whether a starter or a player in that position role that can just mash. Who knows? I'm trusting Perry right now. I really am. So I wish I had someone to feed off of on this show. I tried a couple other people, but didn't really get to, uh, you know, any bites last minute. It's kind of hard to do that with Courtney's system going out. But this is the flagship pod podcast of Halos in the Infield. We got some exciting news coming along, and I'm in my FedEx uniform still. It's been a long day. But uh, anyway... Uh, thank you for joining us on this podcast. I hope I didn't ramble on too much and, and I didn't stray off because sometimes I get on a point and then I jump to another one. So if you were able to follow along, 
kudos to you. Check out the pregame show with James and check out the postgame show with myself. Those shows will set you up and take care of you afterwards, win or lose, for both. So James will line will will lay it all out, lay it all out on the line. Can't even talk right now. Um, and he'll tell you what's going on, the scores up until that point, and then he'll also break down both rosters and give you his keys to the game, and then it'll be my turn after the game to break down exactly what happened and get your takes. And he takes your takes as well. So check out both those shows as we book in Angel Games on a daily basis. So with that being said, check out Noble L Works. Park for free in their parking lot. Don't pay already $20. And enjoy yourself and ask ask the bartender for the Halos in the infield discount. You get a dollar off of any beer. And if you don't want to go to the game and you just want to hang out there, dude, it's, it's totally in your favor. Because if you could drink... Two for nine specials on pints. And then in the seventh inning, Halos in the infield, just say that seventh inning to the ninth inning, as long as the game is still going on, it's buy one beer, get one free. Who else does that but Noble L Works? So check it out and also check out Halos in the infield uh, on 714 tickets and get your promo code and freaking use it to get 10% off of one ticket to 10 tickets to 20. Who cares? 10% off of tickets, no matter the one or more the more obviously you buy the more discount you get it's awesome so with that being said it's halos in the infield it's todd fox it is the flagship podcast check us out on the next one as we will preview the next series which will be the detroit tigers and then talk about what happened with the pittsburgh pirates likely this sunday take it easy guys